welcome to North 100, a Canadian Highlander podcast. I'm Serge. Joining me today, I've got a Jer. Hello. And a Wheeler. Gesundheit. Reminder that North 100 is brought to you by you with your support over the Patreon or at patreon.com slash loading ready run. Welcome to episode 100. Now, this is a podcast called North 100, and obviously there's an expectation that episode 100 would be special. And we'd like to do something special, but we're kind of in the middle of set review during a global pandemic, so it's a little bit tough to find the extra time. Please keep your eyes peeled. We will try and do something in the future to celebrate, but thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting us for 100 episodes. That's actually uh, a pretty amazing milestone, and uh, we'll try and do something cool in the future. All right, let's talk about what we're doing today. Today is part two of our Corset 2021 set review. We're going to be covering red, green, and gold cards. A reminder that this is a set review from a Canadian Highlander perspective, so it is not exhaustive, and all the cards are going to be analyzed primarily in a Canadian Highlander point of view. And let's start today with Bolt Hound. This is a three mana, two, two elemental dog for two and a red, has haste, and whenever it attacks, other creatures you control get plus one, plus O oh until end of turn. Wheeler, start us off. So this is a card that kind of has this, admittedly, it looks a little unimpressive up front. It's a gray ogre. It checks, well, it checks off all of the <laughs> Wheeler boxes. Like it has ancient tomb mana. It has haste. Picture my hands doing the fan, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's more of a rainbow. Oh, um, pardon me. Uh, well, it's more of the, the bridge from Exodus, which is a part of the block in which, you know, we don't have to go into this. It has haste. It has ancient two mana. And it has an ability that benefits having other creatures in play, which usually decks that, well, look to play haste creatures at ancient two mana will have. I actually like this in medium red, or at least I like it enough to try it out. I was toying with, after Aquaria came out, I was toying with a medium red build that was like further kind of pinpointing a spot between just straight up aggro and medium red, where it's like, you're not playing big dragons, but you really just have all of the token generating creatures. And in fact, the token generating spells. And it was extremely efficient at killing people. And at rebuilding, and it didn't require the, you know, absolute high roll draws that medium red occasionally needs. And this card just is a slam dunk in that deck. And then, you know what? It probably has some applications in like a red white tokens, aggressive tokens deck or like a, a red X kind of go wide deck. I'm, I'm shocked at how much I like this card. Hmm. Quick question. Mm -hmm. Do you think it would go in goblins? No. So Goblins is, I mean, we might talk about it uh, later in the set review, but like Goblins went from, I, I guess I'm playing this one one that does a thing to, oh, I'll, all of my cards are extremely good and efficient. And so I, I think this card is not going to be able to make the cut in a deck like that. All right. Let's move on to the Loading Ready Run preview card. Brash Taunter, 5-mana 1-1 Goblin for 4 and a red, indestructible. Whenever Brash Taunter is dealt combat damage, pardon me, whenever Brash Taunter is dealt damage, it deals that much damage to target opponent, 2 and a red, and tap. It fights another target creature, Wheeler. Okay, so now that we're not doing a PPR kind of like make it easy 
on people to kind of understand what we're doing for North 100. Or if you're here fresh from the PPR, holy wowie zowie, I love this card in exactly one deck and it smokes it in that deck. Like it's it's just... So I'm talking about this. It's like a big red or red white kind of stuffy doll, air quote, kind of like combo prisony deck. Something that is near and dear to my heart. In fact, one of the first, if not the first decks that I ever won a Highlander tournament with, like ever. Your five color Planeswalker Cascade nope, Time this, Vault this stuffy doll deck? This predated that. This, this was like a late 2008, early 2009. I mean, everybody goes through a prison wildfire phase, right? Every Magic player, it's like a rite of passage. I mean, uh, you and I are still stuck in that phase. Oh, surge, God. So. It's not a phase. Yeah, Ten exactly. years go by. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it might seem like a, why the hell are we talking about this kind of card? It's a five drop and Swords to Plowshares exists. Bounce spells exist. But we're talking about applying this in a uh, red base deck that already plays a bunch of ramp spells, already plays worse equivalents of this card. And this card can just be found with a bajillion different tutors, both Imperial Recruiter and Recruiter of the Guard. You can find it with Goblin Matron. And then it kind of has this added effect of those tutors also find other cards that combo with this. So Guilty Conscience is like a, a very iconic like stuffy doll combo. There's a somewhat convoluted Kiki-Jiki-ish line involving it. But hey, when you have a bajillion mana and your opponent has zero, it's not that convoluted. But yeah, no, I love this card in that deck. Everything else, so bad. Don't play it. <laughs> like it's unplay, like hard unplayable in Goblins, unless there's, again, some kind of loop that I'm missing. But cool. yeah. All right, next up, Chandra. Heart of Fire. Five mana Chandra for three red red gets you five loyalty. Plus one, discard your hand. Then exile the top three cards of your library. Until end of turn, you may play those cards exiled this way. Another plus one ability, two damage to any target. Minus nine, search your graveyard and library for any number of red instant and or sorcery cards. Exile them, then shuffle your library. You may cast them this turn, add six red mana, Jair. I actually kind of like this card. It's not it's not great at defending itself, which makes me believe you'll want to play it in a more a deck that's slightly more proactive than reactive, but it is five mana, so the really proactive decks aren't gonna play it. But I could see playing it in like a bigger red green deck or medium red, I don't know, Ben Ben can maybe weigh in, but I think the plus one is can potentially just run away with games. Sorry, which one? They're both plus ones. The first one. Yeah, I'm not I'm not sold at this in medium red, but I'm kind of just like on the same sense of that Jer is in that like when you play, I mean, Magic in general, but especially a format like Canlander long enough, sometimes you'll get cards like this where you're just like, you look at it and you're like, I know that this card is good. Where? Yeah. But I don't want to make any like immediate bold claims for exactly where it can fit because it's like not the best. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm yeah. with you there. Yeah. I, 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 I think I'm on Jer's line of thinking with this card. Let's talk about Chandra's Incinerator. Six mana, six, six elemental for five and a red. This spell costs X less to cast, where X is the total amount of non-combat damage dealt to your opponent this turn. It has Trample. Whenever a source you control deals non-combat damage to an opponent, 
Chandra's Incinerator deals that much damage to target creature or planeswalker that they control. Jer. This card has a lot of really exciting text, and it's starting to make some waves in, in other formats. I just don't know how reliable it is in, in Canlander. Like I don't I don't really think Burn plays this. Maybe maybe I'm off off base there, but I, I just think it's a little too clunky for Burn, and I don't know if any other deck can reliably set it up in a way that you can get it into play on time and you can utilize all the great text that's on the card. It's a type of card where you look at it, a lot of people look at it and immediately kind of think like a the best case scenario for it, right? Where you're like, oh, if I play this and I bolt, bolt, then I get a one mana six, six or whatever. And it's like, okay, but if you're in like a position where you're throwing burn at your opponent's <laughs> face like that, like, aren't you already in a good position? But the fact that it doesn't have to be bolt, bolt, and it could be bolt shock, or it could be a double shock plus this, or... Chandra tap ping ability, something. Yeah, firebrand archers. Like, I was initially poo-poo on this card. I was just like, you don't need this, and it probably won't ever come up. Like, it's, it just feels win more. But, like, I've, I've slowly started to kind of just be like, you know what? Every time I say that about a card for red, I just die to it. Yeah. Or then I just start, or or I just like pick it up and I start killing with it. And I think that this card might end up just being actually quite good. I mean, the question we have to ask ourselves is how happy are you, are you ca- if you cast this as a six mana six six? Pretty bummed. Yeah, it's like I uh, that's I don't think that's why you sign up for this card. Sure. Do you think this card is playable in medium red? I almost think it's better in that deck than it is in in burn. Yeah, given that a lot of medium red decks have played more. They've started, you know, cutting their curve a bit and playing more burn instead of just like, here's 20 dragons. I miss 20 dragon dot deck. Well, you could still play (laughs) like you're still playing more dragons than, you know, would be advisable. But like if so, if you're that deck and you get up to six mana and you rip this off the top, like, sure, whatever, I'll play a six mana. I'll I'll play like a a colossal dreadmaw or whatever, like. I, I could foresee this in medium red if you are more burn heavy, but like we're going to get to other cards for that deck. So yeah. it's pretty hard to justify every slot. All right, let's move on to Chandra's Magmut. Two mana, two, two elemental dog. Tap ability, ping target player or planeswalker. I, I actually like this card. Red two drops. If you look at red decks, all the two drops that they play are from like the last two years, three years. That maybe my timing is off and Kaladesh was actually like five years ago, which is a scary thought to think <laughs> about. But like, there's a lot of really good twos now. And that's something that Red had kind of struggled with previously, but made up for the fact that you just have a bajillion jackal pups. But like, I got a soft spot for any kind of creature that can just like punch face a bit. It's got a reasonable body. And then once they build up like a defensive wall, you could just start pinging like hmm. control decks and mid range decks have like the board based cards that they have now are messed up. And so, you know, you can deal with one of them, but you will eventually hit a spot where you're kind of locked up on board. And so being able to pivot from like attack you twice and then just start pinging you or pinging off a planeswalker is kind of convenient, but hmm. It's also just 
a dog. Like it's it's just a it's just a two mana two two. That we don't call it a bear anymore. We just call that a dog. Welcome to 2021. No. Yeah, I'm coining this now. If it's a two mana two two with like one ability that's like kind of okay, it's just a dog. Like it's wild. <laughs> it's wild mongrel, right? Like that's Love just it. a dog. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, it's not the most impressive thing, but I. I think it's a bit better than it looks, and there may be certain variants of red that will want this kind of card cool. as a curve filler. Next up, another two drop, Chandra's Pyreling. Two mana, one, three, elemental lizard for one and a red. Whenever a source you control deals non-combat damage to an opponent, the Pyreling gains plus one, plus O, oh, and double strike until end of turn. Wheeler. This card's kind of just like a Kiln Fiend. It's a little unfortunate to play it in like blitz decks specifically because your prowess creatures, your kiln fiends, you know, whatever threat you have will get better or bigger when you cast opt. Whereas this one requires a little more specific spell slinging. And so I guess it kind of shows up in the like mono red version that will play cards like incinerator, play cards like majoring bully which is just a generic prowess creature, two mana, two, two prowess creature with a downside, which like we will get a strict upgrade to that card in this set, but you'll probably still play the bully in certain variants. So like don't over hype these cards. If you're like looking to play it, be like, wow, I, I had this pyreling and I hit them for 20 and it's like, okay, cool. What about the other five matches you had? And I'm like, oh, it, it just sucked. It did nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did nothing. I couldn't like play this card in a certain deck and expect it to be bad. Yeah, you kind of have to now red has a lot of options to it, which is something that typically it hasn't really had or like the at least the options were more for cosmetic reasons so like there is probably a version of that where you could play it but also be realistic with expectations i i know some of the local red players are actually really excited about this card yeah like i can i can foresee it being like if if greg (laughs) you take my like consuming fervor and my like brute force well greg's on everybody's on brute force but you take my weirdo pump spells and you replace them with more thermo alchemists and whatnot and this card goes way up Ah, so i can yeah it's also just creates kind of a blocking nightmare for your opponent because they sort of always have to block it and Mm -hmm. burn spells plus first strike creatures create kind of blocking nightmares for your opponent Mm -hmm. so it can lead to a lot of really advantageous situations for for you yeah, three toughness also. Not bad. Mm. All right, let's move on to the Conspicuous Snoop. Two mana, two, two, Goblin Rogue for red, red. Play with the top card of your library revealed. You may cast Goblin Spells from the top of your library. As long as the top card of your library is a Goblin, Snoop has all of the activated abilities of that card, Wheeler. Well, I would probably recommend playing this card in Goblins. All right. Yeah. That's it. It's a slam dunk in Goblins. It's 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 really good. And if for whatever reason cards like Sling Gang Lieutenant and Munitions Expert and whatnot didn't convince you that you should be playing black red goblins almost all the time, at least as a base, then I mean, hey, why not play this card, which now you know sets up combos with Bogart Harbinger? It's like a top of the deck goblin tutor. But yeah, this card's really gross. Heck yeah. It's been a while since we got a goblin. Let's move on to double vision. Wait, that's not even true, Surge. There's good goblins all the time. Retract that. 
Double Vision. Five mana enchantment for three red red. Whenever you cast your first instant or sorcery each turn, copy that spell. You may choose new targets for the copy. Jer, what do you think? I think we've got a lot of really cool enchantment engine cards recently. And this one's just just falling a little short of the other ones. We've got like Song of Creation and the... I forget the name of the Jeskai one. That's You draw cards whenever you cast spells. Uh, Whirlwind of Thought. Yeah, that one. This one just isn't quite as good as locking at locking up the game. Costs one more mana. Just... Just a little too clunky, I think. All right. Well, then let's move on to Gadrak, the Crown Scourge. Three mana, five, four legendary dragon for two and a red. Has flying. Can't attack unless you control four or more artifacts. At the beginning of your end step, create a treasure token for each non-token creature that died. This turn. Yeah, I actually quite like this card. I've I've been sort of working on a Grixis mid-range artifact deck for quite a while, like a fair fair artifacts deck that just tries to win through through value in an artifacts theme i think this card could could go quite well in that deck it blocks tremendously well if you're ever able to start attacking with it it ends the game tremendously fast it deals with opposing planeswalkers very well it's not very much mana especially when you're utilizing fast mana that you're going to be using because you're playing an artifact based deck so I think this card has some good usability in, in those types of decks, but I don't think you're, you're really looking to play this card by itself without the artifact sub-theme very often. It's like mm-hmm. very niche. All right, let's move on to Havoc Jester. Five mana, five, five devil. Whenever you sacrifice a permanent, deal one damage to any target. Jer. A lot of people may may harken back to, to Mayhem Devil when they read this card, and it's obviously very similar. However, there are are two key differences this one costs five mana and it's not whenever any player sacrifices a permanent it's only when you sacrifice a permanent and so the decks that are looking to take advantage of mayhem devil just aren't really looking to go to five very often it needs to be a pretty pretty exceptional circumstance in order to put five drops into aristocrats and this card is just a a little too slow and clunky right on Next up, we have Hardfire Immolator. Two mana, two, two, human wizard for one in red. Has prowess. And one and sacrifice itself. It deals damage equal to its power to target creature or planeswalker. Wheeler. Okay, so remember that two mana, two, two with prowess and a downside, majoring mm-hmm. bully, where it has to attack each turn if able, or each combat if able, I believe is the new wording. So they took that card, they removed the downside, they gave it a very strong ability, and then they also, I guess, slightly gave it a better creature type because now it's a wizard as opposed to like... It was a warrior, a warrior or something. Yeah. yeah. This card's an absolute slam dunk. Yeah, it's just very good. I'm going to play this in red. Played in Blitz, played in Is It. If you are a red X deck with a bunch of cheap spells and you're looking to kill your opponent, you should probably be playing this card. All right, next up we have the Kinetic Augur. Four mana, star four, human shaman, has trample. Its power is equal to the number of instants and sorceries in your graveyard. And when it enters the battlefield, discard up to two cards, draw that many cards, Jer. I really like the design of this card. I think it's super cool. It's kind of similar to uh, Spellheart Chimera and enigma drake in a way like trample is mm-hmm. sort of evasion like flying 
However, I think the fact that it's four mana as opposed to three mana means it's not going to see nearly as much play as those cards. Uh, the four toughness is nice, but I think the the extra loot ability is doesn't quite make up for the the mana cost. Um, I could, I could kind of see this like having maybe a bit of niche kind of density play. Like if you're looking for another, like if you're blue red, like I'm dumping all my spells into my graveyard and rune chanters piking you. Or if you're looking to combo kill with this card, like dump your stuff, reanimate it and then smash, then this might be worthwhile just because it's so easy to cast and it does have the added, well, I guess I can cash in these two cards in my graveyard. That's that's the one thing for me is the easy to cast. I'm so on the fence about this card. Yeah, like it's I, I I'm with Jer in that nine well, maybe eight times out of ten. <laughs> is that like you're probably just gonna look at it and be like, this is too expensive. But if you like have a theme set in mind and you have you're looking for a top end density of just like I need another card that gets bigger and has some kind of evasion capabilities that doesn't die to bolt. Well, then you can maybe sleeve up this card. I think that's I think that's the core thing right here is we've talked about this before. Four mana is so important in our format, so important in our format. And most of the time, this is going to be too expensive unless you're specifically looking for the density on this effect. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about it compared to Crackling Drake. And I guess there's some certain amount of times that double rummage will be roughly as good as drawing drawing a random card but flying's usually better than trample so oh yeah absolutely yeah I, now now that i think about it, it i think it's closer than when i first thought but yeah it might be worth a try it's like the scales are tipping so hard in one direction but they're still a little bit there <laughs> yeah exactly all right let's move on to soul seer three minute instant for two and a red Deal five damage to target creature or planeswalker. That permanent loses indestructible until end of turn. Jer. I really like these cards and I really love the once again I'm gonna shout out the design of things that blast planeswalkers. But I think the fact that this can't can't go upstairs and doesn't exile means it's it's unlikely to see much much play in our format. There's just so many good removal options for at three mana, you're either looking for something that's cheaper or has a bit more utility in the ability to go go upstairs. All right, let's talk about a card I'm going to do my absolute best to pronounce. Pronounce all the irony, and I'm almost certainly going to get wrong. Sabira Tulzidi Caravaner. How'd I do? Yeah, uh, you did infinitely better than my attempt to pronounce. <laughs> I got through the first two, and then I, for like an hour, pronounced it Car- uh, Caravaner which is ah. way too pinky up. All right, Sabira is a three mana, two, three legendary human shaman for two in red, has haste, activated ability for a generic mana. Another target creature with power two or less can't be blocked. Activated ability one in a red and tap and discard your hand until end of turn. Whenever a creature you controls with power two or less deals combat damage to a player, you may draw a card. Wheeler. I love this card. This card's an absolute slam dunk in medium red. It fits into the theme, like the direction in which the deck is going in both the, just like every version of the, you know, if you're lower curve with a bunch of burn spells or more burn spells rather, great. It's it's just another cheap haste creature, which, you know, lets you get your goblin guide 
you know, and monastery swift spear cards through before you start firing stuff off to uh, the dome. In the tokens version, the you know, obviously you have a bunch of tokens, so it's going to get better. And then in just kind of like a general medium red sense, think of the two power creatures that deck plays. You know, you have stuff like uh, Legion War Boss, stuff like Goblin Rabble Master. You know, you're looking to get your Robber of the Rich through safely. God, even Ragavan. Like the amount of times that I'm going to attack with like Akari Zev and let my Ragavan actually deal damage it, it's beautiful yeah I, I, I this card's great i don't nice. care like you'll use the second ability for sure but like you don't really need to use it that much to get the most out of this card like what a, a card that people really undervalue until they have died to it repeatedly is pnlr mm. so just the solo thopter mom because her ability to prevent things from blocking and like on crop crasher, yep. like people know yep. on crop crasher is busted now, but like removing blocking, especially as the format, you know, even decks that were traditionally not board based become more board based. Being able to remove that as an option is is huge. So, yeah, absolute slam dunk for me. Cool. Let's move on to Terror of the Peaks. This is a five mana five four dragon for three red red has flying. Spells, your opponent's cast that target Terror of the Peaks cost an additional three life to cast. Whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, Terror of the Deep deals damage equal to that creature's power to any target. Wheeler. So, uh... I, sorry, this is the first time I've read that card. I just started laughing halfway through. I'm like, hold on, these just keep going. <laughs> yeah, there, what? there's just more and more. So the, it's a very very good dragon doesn't have haste it doesn't have haste i i do think that this card has suffered during the preview season from the like well this is busted sort of mentality it's very good i will slam dunk it in medium red as well as probably like a red green or jund or even rug kind of mid-range deck maybe at the top end or like a monsters kind of build because it's very big it's kind of difficult to deal with efficiently, especially because of the, you know, additional cost of the life to use the spell. And if you have any follow up, you could just get to, you know, further murder people with the triggered ability. The fact that it doesn't trigger off abilities like this is going to get to fairy. This is going to get O code. And that's it. That's not necessarily fair to be like this Bane Slayer dies to Doomblade sort of thing. <laughs> but like, yeah, you know what? Sometimes I'll take the three damage if I have to get rid of it because I can't let this survive. Sure. And it doesn't just stop at those two Planeswalkers, right? Chandra, Torch of Defiance deals with it. The uh, six drop Inferno one can kill it and survive. Jace the Mind Sculptor. Like all cards that medium red can deal with once they tick down. But like... God, it's still not Glorybringer, I think. Like, I think that Glorybringer is still just the best kind of dragon. That Glorybringer just, like, ends games and then also just removes all hope before ending games. Like, but don't get it twisted. This card is is very good. And triggering off tokens is also quite powerful. This doesn't feel like a finisher, which a lot of the dragons typically are in those decks. This this feels like the means to an end. But, you know, like Glorybringer, choo-choo, you turn it sideways and they die. This feels, because it doesn't have haste, you're really waiting, like, the setup turn. This feels like a more traditional bomb in that cast it, and you're like, hey, if I untap with this, you're dead. Uh, it, 
I think the context of the decks that can play it, like if I'm generating uh, tokens off like Hanweir Garrison or off, uh, I mean, even stuff like Rabble Master, whatever it may be, that is pretty scary still. Like it does have an immediate impact, but yeah, it's not like a Thundermaw Hellkite, like, oh, I <laughs> thought I had countermeasures, but it turns out I was in fact dead. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Transmogrify. Four mana sorcery for three and a red. Exile target creature. That creature's controller reveals cards from the top of their library until they reveal a creature card. Then they put that card onto the battlefield and shuffle the rest into their library. I feel like I've read this text before. Wheeler. Yeah, it's a polymorph. Technically, you could exile their super scary threat if you need to. Literally the same wording as Polymorph, except Exile instead of Destroy, and Red instead of Blue. Right. It's just there are other, like, Polymorph effects, especially those in Red, that the way that it's worded implies that whatever you're exiling, or exiling also gets shuffled in with other cards. So that's just why I was clarifying. Oh, oh, right. It's not, yeah. Yeah, I got, a, I got a soft spot for mono red polymorph and commander. So that's why I'm double checking. <laughs> I also just have a soft spot for polymorph effects in general. They're always not good. There's just too, <laughs> there's just too much baggage attached to it. But like one of my first decks in this format, like in like actual first decks, like Baby Wheeler, it was like trying to Proteus staff into a Darksteel Colossus. And it was bad then. And after, you know, over 10 years, it's still uh, bad. But that's never stopped anybody ever from playing a thing. So, hey, if you want to polymorph things, consider red instead. Because, I mean, you got Luca, you got this card now. There's like four other red polymorphs. So, hey, you have you have density. Amazing. All right. Let's talk about our last red card today. Unleash Fury, which that's really quite some art. If you're looking at the art here, a man's just punching a minotaur in the head. Uh, two mana instant, one in a red, double the power of target creature until end of turn. Wheeler, take us home. Uh, it doubles power and it's a spell that costs two or less. It doesn't give trample, which is a big oof, but hey, you know what? I'm not going to be too greedy. If I'm playing a air quote berserk deck, not just any deck with berserk, but if I'm playing something with like Temer Battle Rage, like a Blitz kind of variant, I am going to play this card. Right That's on. it. Yeah. Well, let's move to green and let's start with a reprint Azusa Lost But Seeking. Three mana. One, two, legendary human monk for two and a green has the text. You may play two additional lands on each of your turns. I'm just excited they reprinted this card. I think this is a very niche card. People who are already playing lands are already aware of it. People who've been playing commander for a while are already aware of it. Uh, play it in lands. I mean, it's not much of a great set review, but well, I, know, I mean, glad this card's back. To clarify, play it in like combo. Sure. Yeah, lands. you're probably not playing this as much in the mid-range version, right? Yeah. Like specifically in the all in lands deck that is trying to abuse as many landfall triggers as possible to kill you through either surge assembling lands. a combo like Dark Depths. Yes, go ahead, Wheeler. No, I said surge lands. Play it in oh. surge lands. <laughs> as opposed to the lands deck that do a lot better and win. Yeah, that's fair. Well, as opposed to lands decks that finish round the round on time. That's what I was going to say. I didn't want to roast. I didn't want to do you too dirty like that. Come Woo! on now. All right, let's go. All right, let's move on to some of the new spice. Elder Gargaroth. Five mana, six, six beast for three green green. Has vigilance, reach, 
trample, and, but wait, there's more. Whenever it attacks or blocks, choose one, create a 3-3 beast creature token, gain three life, or draw a card, Jare. Oh boy. Yep. Sure has a, a lot of good good <laughs> words on it. Thankfully for me, it can be countered. So I'll, I'll ignore most of the text a large percentage of the time. But if it ever resolves and whoever cast it gets to untap or your opponent's planning on attacking you, uh, you're probably in a pretty good spot. It's, it's just like one of those huge haymakers that if you untap with it, you, you're probably going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. All right. Next up, we have Feline Sovereign. Three mana, two, three cat for two and a green. Other cats you control get plus one, plus one and have protection from dogs. Whenever one or more cats you control deal combat damage to a player, destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment that player controls. Wheeler. This is effectively filling the cat tribal role for this entire set review of like <laughs> whether, you know, talk, your cat tribal update. Uh, cat tribal update for core 2021. Yep. You, you'll play more cats. <laughs> this one's actually good. <laughs> it. It gets your cats out of dark blast range, which is very good. And honestly, by itself, this ability is strong, right? Like it's a Trigon Predator ability yeah. in that, you know, repeatedly blowing up artifacts and enchantments or playing it after you've already developed a couple of threats and then getting to blow up like any and all progression that say Paradox or, you know, Enchantress has made or sorry, Academy decks, not just Paradox. You can you can ruin other Academy decks days too. But like... I mean, it's still cat tribal, so keep this in the back of your mind at all times while I'm describing this. But honestly, the the decks, or sorry, the matches where these decks tend to really suffer, the like density tribal decks, are going to be stuff like Academy and Enchantress that kind of just want to set up shop because you're both just playing your game plan, but you have brought it onto yourself to just play a like to just play pack rat magic, but with like a not good tribe. And so having stuff like this can help kind of like solidify against those matches. You're still going to lose to any deck that wraths your board. That's for sure. Yeah, this has a lot of text on it. And like maybe the protection from dogs will be relevant someday. 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 I mean, I, I look forward to playing this at a tournament and then just like blocking somebody's Isamaru. We're like, ah, and they're got just him. like, wait, what? Yeah. It's other cats. You can't even block Isamaru. No, yeah, properly. not. Oh, I would, I would never even risk this card. Don't, That's you, fair. don't you worry. That's fair. All right, let's move on to Fierce Empath. This is another reprint. Three mana, one, one for two and a green. When it enters the battlefield, search your library for a creature card with CMC six or greater. Reveal it, put it in your hand, and then shuffle your library. Where's Fierce Empath seen play? Why are we talking about this card? Well, there are some cards in, in Magic the Gathering, and particularly Highlander, that are green more often than not, and six mana or greater, that tend to just win the game when they get brought up. Crater of Behemoth, Primeval Titan, Bane of Progress, Protean <gasps> Hulk, you know... All of those. And uh, hey, Empath, uh, pretty good at finding it. Fierce Empath might end up being like one of the most... It doesn't get enough respect, you know? Yeah, that's fair. Like, it just does so much. And yeah, it's you can so... really overlook this card. That's fair. 
Yeah, and it's just like it's a lot more. I mean, as as heavy handed as it can be, of like play elf, find big dumb, go. It can you can get a little bit kind of tricky with it when it comes to cards like Decimator of Provinces, which is like the emerge crater hoof, mm. where you can you play this find the decimator and then you um, uh, get to immediately have the empath as like a, a creature that has summoning sickness and a reasonable converted mana cost to then help pay for emerge. So like there's more to it. And I mean, people are starting to play this in like other kind of green decks as to like, Hey, you know what? Maybe, maybe finding my soul of the harvest is actually pretty powerful. Go on. <laughs> Maybe finding my uh, primordial sage is uh, pretty powerful. It's a shame it doesn't find Beast Whisper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but both elves, huh? both elves. Like if you get a Wirewood symbiote with this card, I mean, if the first one isn't killing them, <laughs> the second one sure is. All right, let's move on to Fungal Rebirth. Three mana instant, two and a green. Return target permanent from your graveyard to your hand. If a creature died this turn, create two one one sapling creature tokens. Jair. I actually really, really like this card. It's not that hard in most matchups, especially as a green deck, to meet the creature dying. And if you get both parts of this card, it's insane value for not very much mana at instant speed. And I think uh, a bunch of decks could could try and play this. It sort of fits into a similar role of the pauper card that gains you six life, Pulse of Marassa. That mostly just gets back permanence. It's slightly more restricted, but this is Uh... even... Pulse only gets back creatures, creatures and lands, right? Yeah, so this this can also get you back planeswalkers, artifacts, or enchantments. But yeah, I I really like this card personally. I think it could be quite good. Yeah, getting back enchantments is pretty relevant. I think for for this kind of card in planeswalkers like, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I'm I'm I guess I'm thinking from like a enginey kind of like use my graveyard kind of perspective like if you get to rebuy like a liliana or a garrick or whatever like you're golden but also this screams recurring nightmare style kind of shenanigans to me it is so hard to beat a recurring nightmare deck that gets it going and it takes like a lot of effort to catch them out on it and then you just have this to get it back and you're like oh okay well all right, let's talk about the new Garrick. Garrick's back and unleashed. Four mana gets you four loyalty for two green green, plus one ability, up to one target creature, gets plus three, plus three, and trample until end of turn. Minus two, create a three, three beast token. Then if an opponent controls more creatures than you, Garrick gets a loyalty counter. And minus seven, you get an emblem with, at the beginning of your end step, you may search your library for a creature card, put it onto the battlefield, and then shuffle your library, Jair. I like this card quite a bit. The plus one is really, really great in creature decks. The minus two is good at providing you a relevant board presence and good defense for the Planeswalker. And it, and it's especially good when you're behind because it makes the ability even more efficient. And the ultimate, which is actually reasonably attainable, wins you the, wins you the game. So sort of checks all the, all the Planeswalker box, boxes. It's reasonably costed green planeswalker planeswalkers in green are often more playable than others because green has the acceleration to get them out ahead of curve so i i expect this card to see a bunch of play i was thinking about this card 
<clears throat> excuse me, because there's been a lot of uh, shockingly uh, large amount of people that seemed like unimpressed by this card. And I what? saw it. And I, yeah, like How? I, I, why? I, who I look, I, I don't know why I'm not going to name names <clears throat> on the Facebook and <laughs> in the comment section, <clears throat> but like I saw this card and kind of just immediately thought like, this is, this is just like the, it brings everybody together or at least like it could be Jerry and I arguing about big dumb five drops and like playing 28 lands. And then somebody puts this Garrick in front of us and it's like, you know what? Maybe we're not so different. <laughs> Cause like this, <laughs> this is just like, Oh gee, I, this, I love this card. This card is, I, I think this card is absurd. Yeah. Like it's trample, like plus trample. three plus three and trample is trample. so they're dead. That's, that's three mana worth of stat, like modern day. That's like three mana worth of, effect in a plus one which kind of goes on like people ignore that but like if you play this on turn three like that's absurd like especially with elves and then, then all your elves are just gonna kill them while you get to tick up to ultimate trample i look forward to casting this on turn two and immediately ending the game <laughs> yeah it'll all be right great. let's move on to garrick's harbinger Har harbinger or binger harbinger harbinger, harbinger. Three mana, four, three beast for one green, green hex proof from, from black, that new templating instead of protection. And whenever Garab's Harbinger, Harbinger, Harbinger deals combat damage to a player or planeswalker, look at that many cards from the top of your library. You may reveal a creature card or Garrick planeswalker from amongst them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Jer. People must think this card is great. Cause this card is is very good like especially in combination like imagine if this card has plus three plus three and trample just for a second <laughs> this nice this, this card's really good it's card advantage it's a great body it has some relevant evasion it wears rancors and equipment very very well good with anything that gives a trample so it's right. just like an, you just don't see this effect like yeah ever. it's so cool it's just so uh, <sighs> all right let's move on to garrick's uprising three man enchantment for two and a green when it enters the battlefield if you control the creature with power four or greater draw a card creatures you control have trample and whenever a creature with power four or greater enters the battlefield draw a card jair well you know what meatloaf always said two out of three ain't bad i think i think garrick missed the mark with this one it just doesn't quite do enough gives you the opponent the opportunity to remove four power creatures in response to this to goozle your card draw giving green creatures trample is is good but not worth a card on its own that costs three mana at least and if you're planning to just cast four power creatures for the rest of the game that's usually good enough on its own you don't need to play a card to make doing that better all right on now here's another unpronounceable card joel real Move. Okay. Joel uh, Rail Moon Volley Recluse. Moon Volley Recluse. Thank you, Jer. Joel Rail Moon, Moon Volley Recluse. What? Monvuli. Monvuli Recluse. Two mana, one, two legendary human druid for one and a green. Whenever you draw your second card each turn, make a two, two cat. Four green, green until end of turn. Creatures you control have base power and toughness XX, where X is the number of cards in your hand. Wheeler, what do you think? 
I've been thinking about this card, like kind of nonstop. How did you get this card? It has, well, it has cat, but Jer has druid. All right, give me a cat perspective, Wheeler, and then I'm going to throw it to Jer for the druid perspective. No, I wasn't thinking about cats. What? Like I was, I was thinking about Sorensen, like blue green tempo or like a blue green mid range style deck. But like, yeah, Jer can take it for druids. Like I'm, I'm flex. Do, do you think this 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 is like a Mare of Averbrook style card that you don't have to like alter your game plan? Yeah, I was going to say I've been thinking about it for like ever since it got previewed and I still don't know. My gut, my heart and gut, or sorry, my heart says yes and my like brain that wants to win matches of magic says like you could do better. But like <laughs> it is a druid that... This card is absurd in druids. Like why is it good in druids? Because... It's a druid and the activated ability will win you the game. And like when you go off with druids, you go all the way off. It's an it's an all or nothing deck. And so you're you're basically allowed to play any card that has the word druid in the in the subtype section of the card <laughs> that costs less than three mana. So this satisfies the condition of being allowed to be played in the deck. Seems like a really tight list. And then has two <laughs> other relevant abilities and has more than one toughness. Amazing. Checks so Amazing. many boxes. All right, let's move on to the Lanoir Visionary. Three mana, two, two, elf, druid for two and a green. When it enters the battlefield, draw a card and taps for a green. I, this also has the word druid on it. Was I supposed to throw this to Jer as well? I mean, this is... Uh, this could be a group one. <laughs> yeah. We'll get us started. Well... I think that this card might end up being like one of the best cards, if not the best card in this set. Like I, it's an elf that draws a card with an ETBs, which is pretty good. It's also a mana dork, which is pretty good. It's all on one card. It has a relevant body. It's easy to cast to relevant. Like every part of this card is good, right? I like it's, it's mana cost is easy to cast and it lines up with, you know, every deck that is looking to play this style of card and it has the best creature type in magic yeah elf, elf. it's it's relevant <laughs> for that it draws a card when it comes into play on a creature and like so many awful cards get played that have that line of text it's a 2-2 which is actually a creature like one ones aren't really i mean one ones can be creatures if you have guys cradle and whatnot but this is a creature in the sense of like oh this can kill a thing if i attack uh, and then it just adds a mana. This is, I I think this is like an absolute slam dunk in like elf combo, ramp combo, hoof. Pod, Sandy B. Pod, Sandy. Sure. Yeah, it's just like, oh God, it's so. If you're a deck that wants to play creatures and have mana, check this out. <laughs> cool. Yeah, like they put it all on one card. All right. Well, I think we've said enough then. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, Pride Malkin. Three mana, two one. Not quite as exciting. For two and a green, you get a cat. Very, very dapper looking cat. When it enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Each creature you control with a plus one, plus one counter on it has trample. Wheeler. So this is a cat for sure. But I'm more just thinking about it for creatures. Or sorry, well, duh. For counters, there's already a version of this card with i think it's called tuskard captain which has the static ability it that card has outlast so it can start putting counters on itself but outlast can take a little bit of time 
and it can only do it for itself, whereas this one can start buffing other things as well as immediately make it a threat. Like the counters decks really just want other things that help come in, like that come into play with counters immediately, give other thing counters. Like this just does everything that deck wants. Like it's absurd how much it does, but it it would is a weird thing to say for such a gorgeous just cat. Like it's just a cat. The art is just a cat. It's so good. The art and the card. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Let's talk about Primal Might. This is an X sorcery. X in a green. Target creature you control gets plus X plus X until end of turn. Then it fights up to one target creature you don't control. Wheeler. Uh, when I was playing medium green, I had this kind of thought or like building it and starting to play it. I had this thought of like, hey, this card Savage Swipe from Modern Horizons, which is like a prey upon where two things fight. But if your thing is a two two, a bear uh, or a dog, it gets plus two plus two. And I was just like, hey, you know what? This card's actually pretty good. I think I'm going to start playing this. And then I was like, oh, you know what? I'm probably going to play prey upon as well. And you know what? I think fight cards are kind of underrated. A lot of the times, if they get stuck to other, like, permanents, it's better, for sure. Like, Domries and whatnot. But, like, just in general, Prey Upon is totally reasonable. And then they made it a Mana Sink, <laughs> where, like, yeah. you could just be like, okay, uh, I'll make this card big enough. Like, this card is either like, all right, I'll just have this fight and then kill you. Uh, or, like, make my mana efficient. Or, like, okay, I'll make my thing big enough to fight, kill your thing, and hit you for a bunch. Or it's just, like, a fireball in green. And all, the thing, all those things are very good. I like this card a lot. Talk about Spore Web Weaver. Three mana, one four spider for two and a green. Has reach and hexproof from blue. When it's dealt damage, you gain one life and create a 1-1 one, one green sapling creature token. Jair. I really, really like this card. It's so cool. It's it's an insane defensive card. I could see playing this in a bunch of mid-range decks if you're facing a bunch of aggro. This card single-handedly wins you any any game against flying men. So if if Ben is uh, jamming that. Yeah, if you see Wheeler in your local meta. <laughs> play this plus creature tutors and you win. This has the ability to take over take over games versus aggressive decks and for such a low low investment i think it's uh should see a a reasonable amount to play all right let's move on to we've had arguments in the past about the greatest pig and the most precious pig but what about the cutest pig introducing truffle snout three mana two two boar for two and a green when it enters the battlefield you either put a plus one plus one counter on it or gain four life jer what do you think it is, in fact, the cutest pig. The card's pretty reasonable. I don't know how many decks it gets into. Realistically, there's there's more powerful cards out there. But if you're playing cute tribal, this is a slam dunk. <laughs> All right. And the final green card we're going to talk about today, Wildwood Scourge. It's a Hydra X green for a 0-0, but enters the battlefield with X plus 1 plus 1 counters on it. And whenever one or more plus 1 plus 1 counters are put on another non-Hydra creature you control, put a counter on the Wildwood Scourge Wheeler. This is just going into the counters deck. I think those decks are actually very strong. They just kind of get... They tend to get brushed off as just like a... Like, if I tell you that I'm playing, like, 
plus one plus one counter tribal, right? It just kind of has it. It just kind of comes off as a like, oh, it's the commander deck, or it's like kitchen table. Like it counter still has that like lingering kind of like, oh, I remember when people built this and it wasn't using good cards, but now there are just like so many powerful cards that just happen to use counters and then enough really strong engine cards to, to really get those decks going off. And you have a variety of ways to build it uh, as far as colors and, and combo applications at your top end as well. And this thing gets real big, real quick. Like you could just play this out early on turn two uh, on turn three, because those decks typically play mana acceleration. And then you don't play a lot of Hydras. So I think also that might tie into the whole like undervaluing what these decks can do. So you don't play that many of those. So it's quite likely for it to get quite large. So you're not just playing Ivy Elemental. I wouldn't look at this and be like, oh, it's yeah, it's Ivy <laughs> Elemental. But it does kind of fit in that flex slot of like, well, I have a couple of slots that I can play to things that are just big dumbs. What do I want to play? Do you think this is good enough in the counters deck that you're often going to be playing it on two mana if you don't have another two drop in hand? And just hope for it to grow? That was I was curious about too, that second line of text. I think most likely I'm just playing this on turn two or turn three, just mm. as a, a small creature. Like if I draw it late and I'm like, well, here's a five, five, then great. But yeah, you want to get this down early so that you have a cheap kind of threat to then build up throughout the game. All right, let's move on to gold cards. And while not necessarily the first alphabetically, because we typically go through it alphabetically, let's talk about shrines, because M21 has printed a bunch of shrines. And let's start with a conversation around Sanctum of All. So this is the Wooburg Shrine for, well, Wooburg, Legendary Shrine Shrine. At the beginning of your upkeep, you may search your library and or graveyard for a shrine card, put it onto the battlefield. If you search your library this way, shuffle it. And then if an ability of another shrine you control triggers, while you control six or more shrines, that ability triggers an additional time. I figured that was just the best example to talk about more shrines being in Magic mm -hmm. now. Are shrines now a thing in Highlander? 16 years, Serge. I've been waiting 16 years for this. I mean, yeah, you could play them, but it's <laughs> like, I, I, I <laughs> are, are they better than they were before? They are certainly better than they were before. <laughs> yeah, slightly, but so hold yeah. on. There's 10 because there's the five. There's from 11, Kamigawa. 11 plus Sanctum, 10 plus Sanctum or 10, 10, 10 plus Sanctum. So there's 11, 11 total. Yeah, because there's the five from Kamigawa block. There's the five we just got. And Sanctum, they obviously it. get better the more you have in play. But is yes. it good enough? I, I think that you could craft a reasonable list, a reasonable way of building an Enchantress variant with this. You could even put them into five-color prison if you want to. But Yeah. Like, if you're trying to just, like, lock down the game... Shrines are surprisingly good at that. And like they all, I mean, they, they don't do anything immediately, which is one of the downsides to them. But honestly, like what they provide every turn is usually pretty good by themselves. And once you get two shrines, it's r like you start to just, it's like an avalanche of value. 
And don't even get me started on three shrines. Like, <laughs> how, how do you feel about four shrines? Ooh, that's yeah, I'm fanning like, myself over here. Once Jan. you get once you get to like four or five, you start worrying about like decking out or like, am I being cruel <laughs> or like, you know, is this is my opponent having fun? Oh, I, I thought we were no, talking about no. things we worried about. Yeah, yeah all right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. How well, could they not have fun? Look at all the shrines I have in play. All right. I mean, that's fun, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I think shrines have indeed gotten better. I think there is now a way, like you could now justify building uh, a five color prison deck, be it either enchantment based or, I mean, hey, maybe shrine based, baby, where you just play these and you just stop your opponent from doing something. You know, you can take advantage of the fact that there are enchantments in multiple ways. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, I'm I'm set and you better believe my response is going to be incredibly biased. Play these. All right. All right. All right. Let's check out. This is an interesting card here. Alpine Houndmaster. Two mana, two, two human warrior for red and white. When it enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a card named Alpine Watchdog and or... Igneous Kerr, reveal them and put them into your hand. Both of those are dogs. Spoilers. When it attacks, it gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is the number of other attacking creatures. So I guess I have two questions to ask the group here. One, let's evaluate this card in isolation by itself. And two, let's talk about this card of, is it worth it as a tutor to get two other random dogs? Because then you have to put those cards in your deck as well. Go? My instinct is that this is a little a little too clunky and not not worthwhile like the aggressive decks need their card quality to be really high because they need typically need to use all their cards to win the game and one of the ways they lose is by drawing too many lands and you can sort of offset that by keeping your card quality really high this does get you more cards but i'm not sure if that's what red white aggressive deck is really really looking to do yeah, one of them's like a one-two with fire breathing for two, and the other's like two-two, two-two for two vigilance. with a keyword. Yeah, they're not yeah. great. A dog. Yeah, I mean, by itself, this card's fine in the sense that, I mean, if you're playing Boros Agro or like Warriors, it's both a human and a warrior to like tribes that are in these colors that are dying for more aggressive two drops that are actually very, you know, aggressive. If you have other creatures that attacks for three, which if you're playing a Boros aggro deck or one of the aforementioned tribes, you're probably going to have other creatures. I, yeah, like Igni, the the red one is just not a magic card. <laughs> Alpine Watchdog, which is the two mana two two with vigilance, it that's easy to cast, is more in line with being a real card. But like, I I don't think they're good enough for Highlander. Yeah. Yeah. Which is which is unfortunate because I've been really enjoying the the standard deck called um, Paw Blade that plays this. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's very good in those. But Paw like, Blade is so good. I love it yeah. so much. Yeah, and wow. um, those decks, it's just in in that environment, it's like whatever yeah, four you take constructed. That makes sense. But yeah, just yeah. like imagine drawing Igneous Kerr in right? like a tournament match. Like that's play, that's your two drop and your opponent just looks at you like, are you lost? Yeah, I'd call a judge and be like, I think my <laughs> opponent has proxies in their deck still. <laughs> like, All right, let's move on. Uh, Conclave Mentor, two mana, two, two Centaur Cleric for green and a white. If one or more plus one plus one counters would be put on a creature you control, that many plus one plus one counters are put on that. Wait, that many plus one, pardon me, are put instead. 
When Conclave Mentor dies, you gain life equal to its power, Wheeler. Wheeler. Sorry, I was I had a cat howling at me after we were talking about dogs. You play this in the counters deck. It's very good. It's a it's a two drop in the colors that you're looking to play. It adds the amount of counters that get put on cards, which by now we are at an absurd amount of this effect, like truly astronomical amount, which is good. You and, and a lot of them are attached to creatures as well, which you can run into an issue of like if you play these kind of decks and you have a hand of like hardened scales, um, right of passage maybe i'm not going to remember half of these but like if you have them it's kind of clunky but the fact that now so many of them are attached to reasonable creatures uh is pretty appealing and i i do believe that the versions of the counters deck that plays that play white are the best versions of the deck very cool yeah all right next up we have dire fleet warmonger three mana three three orc pile pirate i was gonna say orc pilot because the art makes it look like the dude's flying <laughs> pirate for one a black and a red at the beginning of combat on your turn you may sacrifice another creature if you do it gets plus two plus two and gains trample until end of turn wheeler what do you think isn't a pirate just kind of like a pilot of like the sea though <laughs> Sorry, I, you, I, I figured that we should use the time talking about this card for something more constructive than whether or not uh, you should play it. Please don't play this card. There are just better things to do. I know it seems appealing because you get to, well, attack for five with Trample, but that's not exactly something like an Aristocrat style deck or Rakdos aggro or red black axe decks struggle with, <laughs> right? Like they're pr those decks are pretty good at just killing people when they you know have the right tools or the right matchup and this card just you're just playing a three man like a trained armadon you're playing a, a three mana three three no real abilities right away and i yeah just do better you can do better <laughs> all right next up we have experimental overload four mana sorcery for two a blue and a red Create an XX blue and red weird creature token where X is the number of instant and sorcery cards in your graveyard. Then you may return an instant or sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand. Exile experimental overload. Chair. My instinct is this is a little like the fact that this is a sorcery just means it's going to be a little too awkward to, to fit into most decks. But it definitely does have some some nice upside. It's card neutral and you get a creature from it. I don't know. I, I I might try it in like a blue red spell style deck like the Crackling Drake Enigma Drake Spellheart Chimera deck. It might be good enough there. I'm just yeah. I find it hard hard to evaluate. It's better than the I feel like we get burned by these and by we I mean just kind of magic players in general trying to evaluate the style of card every single time and we have not learned our lesson. Does it matter what you bring back? Like, is the card good enough by itself, or are you specifically looking for a regrow effect for combo piece? Like, if this gets back mana leak, are you happy? If you're looking to regrow a combo piece, this is this ain't it. Like, there's right? there's way yeah. more efficient yeah. ways to do it. So you're playing it as a as like a value card, I think, where you're looking to get like a, a reasonably large creature and be card neutral. It's like a can tripping creature, basically. Yeah, hmm. it's too expensive, I think. Like, yeah. I, I just think there are better things you could do with four in this type of deck. Weren't we literally talking about a card in blue, like a five mana three three that returns an instant or sorcery to your hand? And we're like, hey, this is better than that wall. That's because it's a creature. And like you, there's birthing pod 
applications, whereas you you cannot birthing pod into this. <laughs> All right, it just it's just worth arguing for that because you could see a mm-hmm. parallel between the two of like hey it's four mana you get a creature you get your card back what's the problem and then you yeah. mentioned the flexibility there cool all right let's move on indulging patrician did i pronounce that right uh, yeah we call her patty for short uh, old indulging patty i patty we always call her uh three mm-hmm. mana vampire noble one four for one a white and a black has flying has lifelink and this is absurd. At the beginning of your end step, if you gain three or more life this turn, each opponent loses three life. Wheeler. Shout out to Surge for reminding me to charge my iPaddy. Um, <laughs> legitimately, thank you for reminding me. I'm a, I mean, I'm a absolute sucker for, also not a pun on a vampire now that I think about it. I'm an absolute <laughs> sucker for the, the life gain cards. And I do think that this black-white version of it, be it an aristocrat style or be it, annoy the hell out of your opponent although i guess that covers both of those like i i i love that kind of a uh, theme and i genuinely think it's pretty good right now or at least it can show up to an event and kill people this being a one four like this just has so much good going for it right like it's relatively cheap it has flying and lifelink it is a vampire which i mean i know there are dedicated vampire players out there that You'll probably want to sleeve this up too. It doesn't die to bolts. It trades with like Brazen Barber, Vendillion Cleeks, Nibble Obstructionist, doesn't even all that trade. Jazz. It eats them. Yeah, it just kills them. Eats them for lunch. That's what I mean. Ruins their day. And again, gaining three life is just like so easy for those decks, right? It's it's just like, oh no, how will I ever gain three life? Well, I guess I could. <laughs> yeah, I coughed, right? I like thought about gaining three life and then gained three life. <laughs> so yeah, it it's just another kind of entrant in the conversation of, hey, this deck, this one particular style of deck or like one theme will want this card. And then everywhere else, uh, you're probably not jamming it. All right. Let's talk about Leafkin Avenger. Four mana, four, three, elemental druid mm-hmm. for two, a red and a green. Tap. Add green for each creature you controlled, power four or greater. Seven and red, Leafkin Avenger deals damage equal to its power to target player or planeswalker. Wheeler. I'm a sucker for this card. It's expensive for sure. It dies to bolt, which is a little unfortunate for mana, but at least it's in the mana. It's in a color combination that can realistically get up to this. Usually you don't see, you know, your, your ramp spells at four unless they're finding like two lands or whatever into play. The fact that this doesn't tap to use the ability leads me to believe that you could probably find yourself playing a a green red or green red X kind of ramp deck that has just like an infinite mana combo kill with this card. It is a druid, but I don't think druid tribal can, well, is looking to splash for red for this, but who knows? And then just like, sometimes you will ramp into nothing but like this is not nothing like it's Mm. it's a four three and it can dome out planeswalkers if you need to so like i like everything that's going on with this card whether or not it ends up fitting into a deck that you should be looking at in favor of say other kind of red green ramp strategies that's that's still up for debate even though i'm kind of siding on just do something else but it has a lot of powerful things going for it. 
Next up, we have Niambi Esteemed Speaker. Two mana, two, one legendary human cleric for a white and a blue has flash. When it enters the battlefield, you may return another target creature you control to its owner's hand. If you do, you gain life equal to that creature's converted mana cost. For one, a white, a blue, and tap, and discard a legendary card, draw two cards. JR, what do you think? Her pose is exactly what all Aluren players all over the world are doing right now. They're like, Niampi. Yeah, this card's great in Aluren. I don't think it's going to see much play elsewhere, but I could be wrong. Really T- quick, why is it good in Aluren? In Aluren, you, you actively want cards that will return other cards other creatures to your hand being blue is also an added benefit for a different reason than force of will it's actually for cavern rp all right well very cool next up we have obsessive stitcher three mana zero three human wizard for one a blue and a black tap draw a card then discard a card two a blue and black and tap and sacrifice the stitcher return target creature card from your graveyard well, it it's in blue and black, uh, and it loots, so that's pretty all right. Three mana is not the best to be playing, but honestly, like reanimator style decks, you got Tombbound Lich or Tomebound Lich rather. You've got oh, what the devil is it called? Uh, Champion of Wits style cards, maybe even Bonded Fetch if you're uh, feeling extra spicy. And then this also just reanimates, <laughs> like. It's a looter that also has an instant speed reanimation ability attached to it. Which, Un- unconditional, which is a big deal. Yeah. Often they limit these ones by CMC or whatever, and this is just or, just a creature. <clears throat> yeah, pick creature, bring back. Cool. So I think this card's pretty good in that deck. The yeah. art's also super good. The art is so weird. She's sewing yeah, her own like hand a, onto the thing. Oh, it, no. It definitely, definitely uh. feels kind of like this was going to be in an unset and then they're like, ah, you know what? Let's, <laughs> let's live a little, throw it in a core set. All right. Next up we have Rata heart of Keld three mana, three, three legendary elf warrior for one, a red and a green. As long as it's your turn, Rata has first strike. And I, I like this new templating to make first strike aggressive rather than defensive. So you only get that bonus. If you're when it's your turn, you may look at the top card of your library at any time. And you may play lands from the top of your library. Four red, green. Rata gets plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the number of lands you control. Jer, what do you think? I actually don't think this card really has a great, great spot. She's she's really cool, but I, I just don't see where, where she fits in. Her, her abilities seem a little disjointed to me. Like she has a reasonably aggressive body, but not like the best. She has a a an aggressive keyword then she her other two abilities are like a mana sink which is pretty good but she doesn't have trample so she's not actually gonna end the game like exceptionally well and it's really expensive and then like kind of like consist consistency smoothing other ability it just seems like her abilities are sort of like all over the map to me yeah i agree all right, and then let's move on to Rin and Sari, Inseparable, probably the cutest card in the set. Wait, actually, quick question. Quick detour. What is cuter? Truffle Snout or Rin and Sari? Pig. Pig. Not close. Pig. Pig. All easy right. Pig. All right. Easy pig. This is a legendary dog cat 4-4 for one, a red, a green, and a white. 
Whenever you cast a dog spell, create a 1-1 green cat token. Whenever you cast a cat spell, create a 1-1 white dog token. Red, green, white, tap. Rin and Sari deals damage to any target equal to the number of dogs you control and gain life equal to the number of cats you control. Wheeler, what do you think? I feel like I'm only ever playing this card in cat tribal out of like obligation of like, it's I, a cat. if I don't play it, people will be like, why aren't you playing this cat? That's a legend in these colors. And it's like, uh, uh Guess oh, I have to. I couldn't find a copy. Oopsie doopsie. <laughs> like, but it's magic online. Like it's, <laughs> yeah i it's not it doesn't do enough like i i mean i think people knew that but also just to just to really sell it it doesn't do enough in either dog tribal or cat tribal. yeah all right the final card we are going to talk about today watcher of the spheres two mana two two bird wizard for a white and a blue it has flying Creature spells with flying you cast are one generic less to cast, and whenever another creature with flying enters the battlefield under your control, Watcher of the Spheres gets plus one plus one until end of turn. I'll take this one to myself. Thanks, Serge. You're welcome, Serge. I'm going to play it in blue-white tempo and or blue-white skies. Pretty happy with both of those. Uh, typically like a dedicated flyers list. I don't know how much value you're going to get out of the making your creature spells cheaper, but just a creature that flies that is pretty well costed and grows large when you play other flyers. I'm pretty happy just with that line of text there in general. Any final thoughts on that, friends? It's a good bird. It's Wizard. a good bird. Yeah. So that's going to do it for our set review today, friends. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, if you think we missed a card, please let us know down in the comments below. We want to let you know right now, because a lot of people asked in the previous video, we will be doing another episode coming up next specifically to cover the jumpstart cards. You know, I think there's a, enough going on there for an entire episode. To the viewers, thank you so much for watching. I want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by you with your support over at the Patreon at patreon.com slash loadingreadyrun. I've been Serge, joined by the wonderful Jaron Wheeler. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.